Welcome back to Market on Close. I'm Nicole Petalides. Time to take a look at some stocks that you may have missed in today's trading action. George Sillis is here with us to take a look at some overlooked stocks. I know you comb through the markets all day long. And while we're busy looking at AMC or Lululemon, you have Pure Cycle Technologies, PCT. Tell me about that, George. Yeah, Nicole, uh, pretty interesting week, but the, always there are some stocks out there that are making some moves and getting some analyst upgrades. And uh, Pure Cycle Technologies is one of these companies. Actually, it's in the, the pollution treatment control industry group. It actually uh, holds a global license to commercially uh, a, a commercially patented solution to use solvents to purify uh, propylene, which is effectively a plastic that represents about 28% of total global plastics. And only uh, less than 1% of the plastics uh, that are propylene-based are recycled. So this is basically a recycling company that has a license uh, that has technologies that were invented by Procter & Gamble. And so what they're doing is effectively uh, using, of course, equity capital to build out a propylene recycling plant in Ohio, uh, which will be uh, operational in about 2022, as expected. But this would be the first of its kind to uh, recycle plastics into reusable forms, particularly for consumables. In other words, for plastics that are not used for other industrial or non-consumable uses, but in fact for uh, food packaging. And this has uh, been a huge challenge from, a, uh, from an industrial and chemical standpoint, historically speaking. But now this commercially licensed technology seems to be taking hold from a scientific standpoint and now uh, in, a, in a practical and application-based standpoint where, where of course, uh, PureCycle is the only company that has this license to, of course, uh, recycle these uh, these technologies. Now, there are, there are a couple constraints you got to keep in mind with a company like this is, you know, we've got construction potential delays in 2022 uh, and scalability is going to be a problem because uh, right now the company doesn't have any revenue. Got to keep that in mind. Uh, and of course, their uh, their plans to open their first plant are in 2022. They have had some certain delays in the last 18 months or so that could have been COVID related. But right now, we're starting to see some uh, analysts, there are four now, with Oppenheimer coming on board, uh, uh, targeting the, uh, the price to $24 uh, and keeping an, uh, and maintaining an outperform rating on the stock. Yeah, I think you make a great point, right? With, a, with no revenue and opening delays of those plants, that makes you a little bit nervous about whether or not they'll actually execute anytime soon and how they'll you know, get it done. Um, let me turn your attention to Illumina, I-L-M-N. George, why are you watching this one? Well, you know, this is this is interesting, Nicole, because this market is really uh, focused more on the value versus growth narrative. I think that's still going to continue, uh, even though we saw the NASDAQ did perform quite well today based upon rates falling in the, in the unemployment report. But Illumina is actually one of the larger, if not the largest company out there when it comes down to clinical research as well as, of course, uh, applied science, genomic and genetic testing. They actually have about 25% of their business, which is in the tools and equipment to do, of course, uh, research and development, but also clinical testing for uh, genomic diseases or genetic diseases, things like cardiovascular diseases, metabolic syndrome, which includes diabetes is a, is a big problem for, uh, from a health standpoint. Oncology and prenatal testing is also an area in medical uh, in the medical space that is in high demand to determine if people are predisposed to certain genetic traits and conditions before they actually get those conditions. And genomic testing itself has become a huge component of the clinical setting 
and the medical community as costs over time have actually declined in terms of sequencing technologies that Illumina actually supplies. But here's a nice thing about Illumina is about 75% of their business is in consumables. In other words, one use disposable products now that they're actually moving more so in the clinical space and people now are probably going to see more genetic-based testing as part of their regular health screening, uh, uh, including their traditional blood work. Uh, I think companies like Illumina have a lot of uh, space to run in the near future. Now, there is some differences, and the reason I looked at Illumina versus some of their competitors because of, of the business. One, the value-oriented stocks that have to do with technologies in the genomic sequence space have outperformed in the last three months those growth companies which have significantly higher revenue growths than Illumina's 27% year over year. However, profitability and, and of course, free cash flow makes a huge difference. And if you look at a chart of Illumina relative to some of their uh, competing firms like Pacific Biosciences and Twist Biosciences, you can see quite a bit of outperformance that the market has certainly preferred stocks that have free cash flow yields in the double digit range, about 15% for Illumina, as well as stable and steady uh, revenue growth somewhere in the 20% range. And so the narrative behind all of this is about technologies for genomic sequencing, meeting healthcare needs, but also value in, in a medical and diagnostic setting amongst a group of stocks, which actually have fallen out of favor because they were more growth orientated, despite the fact that genomic testing is going to become a, a bigger part of medical screening going forward. Yeah, I think you make a great point there. And it's funny because sometimes we have guests on who like to pick leaders or ones that are performing best in the group. And then sometimes right. we have guests on who like to pick the laggard in the group saying this is the dog, but has the best chance to, re you know, recoup right. losses or and such. Illumina, that was an interesting story there. Last but not least, Mosey, and that's M-O-S-Y-S, Moses. Mosey is the ticker symbol, M-O-S-Y. Tell me about this one. Yeah, there's actually really interesting stuff going on. I know there's the semiconductor shortage we talk about all the time, Nicole. But if you look at companies that are really overlooked, and, and Mosis is one of these companies. It's a semiconductor company that uh, essentially supplies integrated circuits uh, and, and, of course, provides technologies in the semiconductor space for things like cloud computing and high-speed network, security video. That's becoming a huge draw for data centers and, of course, the computing markets. And they have basically bandwidth engine chips that are relatively starting to catch uh, favorability amongst partners. Uh, one of the things about the semiconductor space is scalability. In other words, volume relative to, uh, to price, as well as the ability to produce lots of product at low, low cost. Well, one of the things that's been going on in the semiconductor space is because of the shortage, a lot of companies like OEM manufacturers are looking for alternative solutions to meet demand needs. And, and one of the things that we've seen is smaller companies like Mosis, other competitors like Semi-LED company, uh, symbol LEDs, uh, they've actually now started to develop partnerships based upon huge demand and higher prices. And this is a situation where problems that COVID created in terms of the semiconductor shortage create opportunities for smaller companies like Mosis. And, and effectively, uh, with these times of uncertainty, they've developed certain partnerships with companies like Cisco Systems, fabrication partnerships with Taiwan Semiconductor, as well as Xilinx. And this company's stock is up about 250% year to date, reflecting the fact that it's a small company with only about 7 million in revenue and a market cap of 50, 54 million that effectively is gaining traction because of the fact that there's huge demand needs 
that have not been met by major producers. And once a larger company evaluates a smaller company's technology, like most of technologies, they, they seem to yeah. like it. And it starts to, uh, to catch a wind amongst the semiconductor analyst community. Right now, there's a few analysts that cover the stock with a $20 price target. Uh, but this is certainly an interesting situation where you see small cap companies that don't generate profits, that have relatively stable revenue growth, let's say less than even 10%, really performing exceptionally well. And that's because of new partnerships that have developed because of problems associated with the shortage. Yeah, I, th I think it's pretty amazing. As you talk about these price targets and the run-up that it had week to date, I, I see even by the end of the day, I think it may have been more than 70%. Um, so it really is unbelievable. This, as we saw, you know, the SMH upset third week in a row, double ordering. Right. So I think you, you're you right on talking about that one, George. George Sillis, always great to see you. Thank you very, very much.